Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this first edition of this program, Meet Your Qualitist, which is brought to you under the under the species of the Quimpro Foundation, which is under the umbrella of Quimpro Consultants. Two years ago, in the month of June, Quimpro Foundation established what is called as the title of Qualitist. A Qualitist uh, term which was coined by Dr. Joseph Duran when he wrote his magnum opus. Well, all of his publications were magnum opuses, but this was among the last one he personally edited, A History of Managing for Quality, where you had authors from all over the world contributing to quality in their part of the world, and he put it all together. When he was putting that that publication together as part of the preface in the text that served as a preamble, he introduced the term qualitist. He said that, that we would have a lot of qualitists in the world today and in, in the future. And in fact, he said that we are living in the century of productivity and the next century will be the century of quality. And we... Now, although this was published in 1995, till two years back, nobody really used that term in, a, in an official sense. So our very own Dr. Juran, Mr. Suresh Lulla, decided to take, make that move. He brought in this as a recognition in our country, where an esteemed panel of, I won't use the word judges, but we did have someone who, who went through qualifications and a combination of experience, skills, etc., and decided to award this title. And they had levels of the qualities, so we created what is called as a level one, level two, and level three of qualitists. And in the first lot of qualitists that were selected in the country was the name of Dr. Barindani. Talking about the movement of qualitists, just around a month ago, the qualitist movement, we had an interview with Mr. Suresh Lulla and we asked him, what are you planning to take this? How are you planning to take this forward? And he made a statement, yes, we have some things in the works. And one of them was choosing the qualitist of the month, which came to be known in correspondences. And then we said, as a part of the celebration of choosing the qualitist of the month, we should conduct an interview with a one-on-one -on -one interview with a qualitist. And so we decided to go ahead and launch what is called as Meet Your Qualitist. And it's obvious that our first choice was Dr. Parag Rindani. He was our first qualitist of the month. And now he's here in the Meet Your Qualitist. Dr. Very self-effacing man, a very affable man, and has made it clear he does not want a trumpet to be blown here, whether it is he doing it himself or somebody else doing it for him. So I'm going to keep this brief. He started his career at Workheart Hospitals as a consulting microbiologist. And barring a year of flirtation with the Sterling Hospitals, he's been with Workheart Hospitals. And today, he holds the position uh, of Vice President and Regional Head. Yes, please welcome Dr. Parag Rindani. We'll also be joined by my co-host, who was a part of Quimpro for the longest time, and today he's on his own. Mr. Anshuman and I also go back a long way. We, of course, met at Quimpro. So it's wonderful to meet this Saturday morning. In my part of the country, in my city, the, the sun has broken through the clouds and we're having some wonderful sunshine here. I wonder what it is where you are, but that's a good omen for us. So great to see you here, Dr. If you could good morning. throw some light. Good morning. And could you say a few words before we go ahead 
and uh, to meet you with the interview. So good morning, everybody, and good mo- good evening to people uh, in other parts of the world. It's uh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here, and I look forward to interacting with both you, Balaji, as well as Anshuman. I think to set the tone of what we are about to discuss, it's important to understand that as doctors, we are essentially uh, kind of pretty used to being revered as demigods. And well, if you're a if you're a cardiac surgeon or a neurosurgeon, probably God. And I think it's very humbling when uh, we have people coming in from other domains and explaining to us that, you know, there are mistakes in healthcare, there are errors in healthcare that can be idiot proof. You know, there are tools which we can easily use. And as an educated lot of people, I think we are extremely competent to work with these tools. All of us are science graduates, postgraduates. Maths is something that's important to us. We understand how things work in terms of processes. We're all process-driven professionals. And therefore, it was, uh, it's, really, it, it's really a bad and late thing in life that quality in healthcare has come to roost of, of such late years. You know, we should have done this uh, probably 100 years back when the American Society for Quality was born, when, you know, American surgeons decided to work on quality in healthcare. But nonetheless, a quality in healthcare is a burning topic in terms of what people do. It's becoming a profession. And I think that Kimpro, in, in its own very, very massive way, has actually played a huge role in encouraging quality in healthcare, along with accreditation bodies of our country. So I think that kind of sets the tone for what we've been doing for the last 15 to 18 years in quality in healthcare. And uh, believe you me, it's been extremely humbling. It's been extremely, it's been a huge learning process, a huge learning curve for each one of us. And uh, we bow to people in other industries, the food industry, the steel industry, for all the learnings and all the revenues that you've additionally generated by eliminating cost of poor quality. And I think that's something that we are still, it's an ongoing process with healthcare biology. So I think we, we intend to have a very interesting discussion and I'll hand it back to you with the questions. I think that that was, that was great, Dr. Parag. We always at, at the Qualtech Awards, I remember, I still want to state that, that uh, Mr. Suresh Dwila has always given me, you know, to be either an examiner or a judge in the service. I quite like that because having spent all my life in manufacturing, you know, we've seen all these tools being applied there. But to see the innovation and how people think differently about these tools and services is, is always a learning experience. Wonderful to see that you've been doing this for years. So I think let's start with Anshuman. Yeah, sure. So thanks, Balaji. So Dr. Parag, I know, first of all, once again, welcome and uh, to the first uh, show in this series. Both Balaji and I are very excited to, you know, be in this series to be able to quiz the qualities that are there, you know, and qualities is a profession that is, is all pervasive. It should be all pervasive. So I would like to start with the with a question. How did it get into quality in healthcare? You know, tell us a little bit about your interest in quality and your journey to being one of the most accomplished qualitists in healthcare. The quality part in healthcare, how did you get into it? So at the, at the very outset, I think Mr. Lola and both of you have kind of overrated the most accomplished uh, qualitist uh, tag. I, I think there are, there are uh, people in this country who've done uh, far better, but nonetheless, thanks for the compliment. My journey in the healthcare quality probably began uh, way back in 2003 when we, as you know, I, I work for Wokart Hospitals. As I've done so better for the better part of two decades now. And, you know, Wokart with its, with its background in pharmaceuticals, when we, when we launched the hospitals, the chairman of the company, Dr. Karakiwala, was very keen that, you know, healthcare should become uh, very quality-driven, process-driven. And that's one of the things that we learned to 
kind of imbibe in our DNA. Our parent company, Wokhart Limited, was was somebody who was very gung-ho on quality of the products that it delivered. We started preparing for our Joint Commission International Accreditation, which was which is still a, supposed to be the gold standard of uh, healthcare quality. And we started preparing for this way back in 2003. Now, as laboratorians, we are all used to doing quality assurance, quality control. We all do Levy Jennings charts and, you know, we look up all these deviations and we understand SD and all of that. But it was very, very exciting when we learned that we could apply the same to care pathways of bypass surgeries. We could look at this. We could look at outcomes of total knee replacements. So we could look at outcomes of, you know, angioplasties. And I'm talking in language which which even the non-medicals in this audience should understand. So when we realized that and we understood that we should be able to comfortably apply the Donabedian model of structure, process, outcome and review uh, within healthcare, we all got excited and we started preparing for our Joint Commission International. I think we at Wokhard were privileged and, you know, we, we learned from one of Dr. students in healthcare, Dr. Lloyd Nazareth, who, who is uh, currently located in Bangalore and doing a lot of philanthropic work for Bangalore to combat the pandemic. You know, Dr. Lloyd Nazareth was was a driver of quality, he was very passionate, you know, having trained with Mr. Lulla. So I think the, what should I say, the the genetic flow is very clear, you know, from the gurus of healthcare to where we are. The grandfatherly equation, so to speak, through Dr. Lloyd is something that we all imbibed. We understood that there are the backbone of anything related to quality is going to be process. We started working on our process. We also learned that you just can't have something called quality improvement. You've got to focus on the process. And essentially what we are all doing is process improvement. We're also looking at product improvement. And as we went through the Joint Commission International uh, Accreditation Standards, we, we kind of broke up the pizza into very, very minute pieces. Everybody got involved. We also then subsequently got training from Harvard for quality in healthcare way back in 2003. And just to kind of put a sort of a timeline in place, we launched national accreditation in our country in 2005, which is exactly when we already finished our accreditation cycle. Wokhard was the first of hospital, first of uh, two, three, or the second. So Apollo in the press got it by about a month before us. We got it about uh, thereabouts in August. So I think that was the primary introduction to quality. And then we kind of got, got hungry. We sort of, our appetite got wetted out. And we did a quality improvement project, which was the first with nursing infection control. As you know, I was a microbiologist. And we did our first quality improvement project on reduction of ventilator-associated pneumonias, which is a healthcare-associated infection, which is something that we give to, hosp- we give to our patients as an unwanted gift. And we realized that just by putting things in place, putting processes in place, we were actually able to improve outcomes. You know, and this is this is something which which I teach now. I'm passionate about it because we were actually able to improve clinical outcomes. It's not just the turnaround times and the patient satisfaction. We were able to actually improve a patient's life, and which goes very well with today's tagline of Wokart, which is life wins. We learned the importance of teamwork. And that's something which led on led us on to do more and more quality improvement projects. At some stage, we started talking with qualitists across the board. We got the, you know, healthcare management award in Asia for this quality improvement project. And I guess that's the introduction. No formal course, uh, no qualification to speak of, but on the job learning and something that we are happy to say that you need to have a mentor like Dr. Lloyd, who was himself mentored by Mr. Lola. Oh. So it's been fun. It's been fun, Anshuman. I think quality is is a good journey. The 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 the, the high is there. The thrill is there. 
And most importantly, as doctors, we learn to give back to society. We're a poor country, so to speak. And if corporate healthcare and trust hospitals really improve on their quality, we can serve so many more people. I think with that ethos, we all jumped into it and became quality. And we are also grateful for that because, you know, obviously quality, I mean, healthcare, I often say that healthcare education and agriculture are the three fields that we owe debt to. And, you know, quality from any point of view is that, you know, anything that can be bettered is quality. You know, we, we would, the whole, whole mantra is to kind of be better tomorrow, better the, today than yesterday, that kind of sure. stuff. And, and in, in certainly in healthcare, that is even more applicable. And we are, of course, in a phase of our lives that we are seeing that need every day. Yeah, that, that, that was wonderful, uh, Parag, to, to hear about your, your initiation into this world. You know, all of us have our little stories to tell when we speak about how we broke into the world of quality. And for most of us here in in our country, and especially those who are you know this part of the world, and we are obviously in touch with Mr. So my next question to you actually twofold. One is, of course, how did you get to meet him personally? You just said that uh, Dr. Lloyd was there, and he kind of was he was guiding you through your accreditation, and of course, teaching you quality in general. But Mr. Suresh Villa one, and the, the next question is something I've been wanting to ask you personally, Dr. Parag, right? I mean, I just want to tell the audience that Dr. Parag and I have, you know, the Qualtech Awards, we've served as examiners and judges. I just mentioned that, you know, in the service sector. And we, we you know, we sit around the table at the end of the whole thing and evaluate and things like that. And during that evaluation, Dr. Parag, you made a statement, okay, which I wanted to ask you very quickly, but... We got so lost in the formalities of, you know, closing the, the program that I never got a chance again. You made a statement saying something like that, and you were one of the head judges, if I remember, and you said, I'm not a qualitist like you people. And I said, why did he just say that? You know, he's, he's a qualitist to the core. So just twofold here. One is, you know, how did you get to meet Mr. Why, why, do, you, why do you call yourself as a reluctant qualitist? That's what, you know, struck me. So I think, okay, so I'll... I'll, I'll answer both parts of the question, Balaji. I think we met Mr. Lola for the first time in the hospital when we we were working out a national project. We, I think uh, Dr. Girdar Gyani, who is the pioneer of accreditation in, in healthcare, you know, who was Secretary General of Quality Council of India, had visited us and we were in a meeting to discuss how can we take quality further. And in 2009, 2000 and early 2010, we kind of decided, it was decided by Dr. that we need to launch something called where we can demonstrate to people that quality in healthcare is also something that can be worked on. You can apply principles, tools of quality. Or you can apply all the mechanisms that we talk about, the Kaizen, this, that. Everything can be applied to healthcare quality with an end game of improving outcomes. And at some stage, obviously, quality becoming a, a profit center rather than a cost center. And that's something which we worked out, and it was called the National Demonstration Project 1. It was sponsored by the Quality Council of India under the banner of the National Board for Quality Promotion. Ten hospitals were chosen across the country. And uh, that was the kind of the first time that I heard uh, Mr. Lula uh, speaking. Thankfully, over the last uh, decade, I've had the privilege of, uh, of hearing him speak. And to the extent that when I'm talking to my teams, you know, I, I invariably at least, you know, when we're doing quality uh, circle meetings, we invariably talk about, uh, it just comes through, you know, you know, the left brain and the right brain, how we should be using not just the tools, but creativity. At the end of the day, we are all here for patient care, you know, so that all, that's how we met Mr. Lunda. 
he he gave us the opening oration for the national demonstration project uh, healthcare one we didn't have a second one because of multiple things and the 10 hospitals nebh accredited across the country took up two two projects each and uh, the journey was supported uh, by the team of kinflow who was there with us we used to visit our locations every 15 days and please understand this is not east west south all locations across the country what was very important is that that's when we so to speak became the unusual slash reluctant qualitist because for me a qualitist is a very hallowed kind of a designation it's somebody who is able to generate money out of cost of poor quality i i i don't want to sort of uh, tarnish healthcare and doctors with this whole concept of money but if you're in a trust hospital and you're saving money you are able to help more people if you're in a corporate hospital you're able to buy better equipment you're able to have more nurses more doctors and at the end of the day profit is not just the amount of money that you put into your pocket profit is also social profit profit is also as i always talk about it it's the triple bottom line you're talking about people planet and financial profit the third p but for me planet profit is also important so with all of that we've been talking a lot now about green quality which we've also learned with mr lulla and i think i think we kind of really hit it off well not just here in this ndp incidentally which we got the first prize for our project on discharge uh, process 10 years back and it still remains a perennial problem in this country with hospitals but i think i was elated when he invited me and said that parag over the next 5 6 years we need to set up the kimpro awards for healthcare and to start and build up towards that which i'm very grateful has uh, has taken birth we actually have you know double digit numbers of projects now coming in for uh, kimpro awards in healthcare and there are some wonderful mind boggling projects so i think i was invited to give what was then called the inaugural lecture on quality in healthcare by mr lulla in 2011 where i essentially gave them just a case study on how to improve discharge and a clinical case study on how to reduce pneumonias in hospitalized patients it took us another 5 years to 6 years to the best of my knowledge jigisha and mr lulla and all of us including all of you worked together to kind of really evangelize this concept and it took birth in the face of kimpro uh, awards for healthcare so that's been the kind of a journey in terms of how we met up with mr suresh lulla who is uh, deeply entrenched in his beliefs that quality can do good who has driven for the last 40 plus 50 years now this whole legacy of dr juran and for that i think the nation is eternally grateful this country has really flourished in the areas where he's managed to lend his expertise coming to the unusual qualitist part i think my my essential or the reluctant qualitist part take about two decades back ceo's entire roles in hospitals was to ensure that there were no unions that uh, you know billing was done properly we didn't have so much insurance we didn't have so many legal uh, hassles the, the consumer protection act was something which was nascent and was just coming up so ceo's role maybe 20 years back was essentially involved with ensuring that patients are treated and patients go 15 years back when we started nabh when we all worked together as a country under the tutelage of dr gyani and we launched nabh we got this whole focus that no now we've got to be looking at patient safety you know and that's when i think uh, ceo started getting more involved as we all know quality is something that is driven from the top and should also be a bottom up approach it's 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 a very uh, it's a paradigm in itself i mean you need everybody involved I honestly believe that there is, you know, there is an article which and people can Google it which says quality is not a department. 
in healthcare especially it's it's like the 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 gentleman sardarji who had to take a half day at uh, tata steel to go to the dispensary because of processes mr lulla and i think it's like that at the end of the day if the nurse on the floor at 2 am in the morning is actually looking at the two unique identifiers prior to giving a medication to the patient thereby idiot proofing the medication administration process and if that nurse is cognizant of the fact that if she doesn't do it it may result in the medication error which may result in harm to the patient thereby upholding both the tenets in pay in healthcare especially one is to do no harm and the second one is the one that dr lloyd often used to recite to all of us what is done must be documented what is not documented is considered not done so when the nurse at 2 am in the morning when she doesn't have her uh, colleague nurse who's overseeing her when she is able to document the the identification of the patient that she's done it she is able to document and put the 10 hours of of medication administration in place i think that's when ceos have arrived that's when healthcare quality has arrived to stay what is most important is that we have come to a concept of wpd this is a very nasty concept which which has been there for last 10 15 years in some hospitals not all that's a concept of wo panch din accreditation do din pehle then nurses are transferred back doctors are put off rolls and at the end of the day the entire ethos why we invested time and energy in quality because of patient safety is something that just goes away in the last 5 years when ceos have thrown themselves into quality understanding that it is something that's going to benefit the organization as a whole by improving customer perception by improving patient safety by reducing medico legal suits against the hospital by saving on consumables medication by reducing stress to their staff and i think covid is something that's also brought all of this in a the government's clamp down on financials payouts to the hospitals there is this 80 20 thing at least in maharashtra these are the things that has really brought you know healthcare quality into focus how does one reduce the wastage the cost of poor quality how does one use medication which is scarcely available in the country appropriately how does one vaccinate more people how does one have a lean process for vaccination i think everything associated with covid has put the country under so to my mind the reluctant qualities of today is not just me probably i was a little more willing but i think covid has made a lot of people uh, focus on quality more than they ever did in the past you know i think it takes a natural calamity to really wake people up and uh, to that end i think processes have come out from icmr the the country has started to take care of care pathways there are set defined protocols there are clinical task forces which are working on healthcare quality by defining when a medication should be given when you know guidelines have started coming in so to that end i think that healthcare quality has really come of age in the last 5 to 7 years nebh tried very very hard and it succeeded finally we actually now have you know enough recognition to be able to do not just kimpro awards but at a higher national platform we should probably with kimpro's expertise they've also started working with cam which is the consortium of accredited healthcare organizations for healthcare quality i think we've come a long way and to that and i think this reluctant qualitist is very very happy that's nice thanks while you were explaining the healthcare process you know it was it was interesting to see that if you break it down to a process and there is a raw material it is going to process and there is a, a customer every industry is actually same i mean i'm not 
saying that medicine or healthcare is an industry because as you said but if you break it down to a process there has to be a checklist for things you know like you said you know nurse at 2 am which is similar to saying that you know in the third shift when the when the spindle is moving and breakages are there who's there to actually check you know somebody has to be there and there is a checklist of five things to do very similar to you know i won't say demystify but also bringing the parallels out that all industries can need quality and do need quality and if at all healthcare needs even more so moving on since since we you actually touched upon this topic a little bit so i'll i'll kind of move into that direction healthcare quality is even more in the focus over the last year or so for for reasons everyone knows and we we are not getting to those reasons because everybody else is speaking about all that so how is india placed among global peers in healthcare quality not necessarily in the last one year but in general how is india placed among the global peers i won't say similar nations but globally large organized countries how are we placed so i think what's important here important to notice that all of us talk about it and we all recognize the fact that india essentially is two indias we are two countries within within one country you know you've got you've got urban india and you've got rural india thankfully when mr modi our prime minister was the chief minister of gujarat he recognized that and even took healthcare quality to the primary healthcare center but that's where it's kind of stagnated and really not caught on and that's something which the national rural health mission is doing so to first talk about where we are in terms of rural healthcare quality i think we have a long way to come you know the cadres need the training uh, we need to do a lot more work electricity uh, availability becomes an issue so storage of medications things that we normally talk about in healthcare quality a lot of this becomes a problem but apart from that if i were to walk for example in an nabh accredited hospital in mumbai or i got to to probably walk into you know joint commission internationally accredited hospital let's say new york or in madrid i don't think there would be essentially so many differences as one would have seen about 10 20 years ago and let's break this up into you know the actual ranking versus what you see on ground i think things have tremendously improved thanks to the national accreditation board we've we've got everybody's understood the standards people are still interpreting it differently but we are now into our fifth and sixth editions as we speak so we we've evolved we've demystified quality for everybody we started monitoring quality about 15 years back we always used to look at american and british and european data today we have indian data we have indian outcomes there are indian repositories of data so yeah, benchmarking against indian data is something that's come of age take for example the covid outcomes that we're talking about it's it's published city wise i i know for a fact because we have one of the lowest mortality rates in my own hospital and that's why i know that we were able to benchmark earlier it was all like who's going to share their data because everybody was like why should i give you my infection rate you're going to squeal about it and bad mouth me today it is that understanding is there that healthcare quality is something that the one thing that needs to probably improve is the entire while while it's already come out come about is the entire focus on communication i think generally we need to be a little bit more open in our communication to patients we still not we still don't really speak about errors in healthcare iatrogenic issues healthcare associated infections as openly as foreign countries do there it's it's the law i think indian healthcare has become far more safer than it it, it was but we still have a long way to go many many years ago we had the staff nurse who had to give an injection uh, to a patient and he was lying on his back and she essentially wanted him to turn and she had to turn on the side and she would you know uh, remove his uh, pjs and uh, sort of give him the shot now this lady had been told that whenever you have a verb in hindi you just say oh, so the person will do it 
And uh, in Malayalam, and I am sorry for the pronunciation, I don't speak Malayalam. But in Malayalam, uh, you see, you have this thing called, which means at least turn or, you know, turn on your... Now, this nurse, uh, in, in all her uh, innocence, uh, she was a very good nurse, I'm sure. And uh, she, she's doing well somewhere and wherever she is in the Gulf, I guess. She just told the patient, Marjau. Now, you know, I think uh, these are the sort of uh, communication gaffes, communication issues that, I mean, the patient was livid. And, you know, there's there's another anecdote which we constantly hear about. There was a nurse in Uttar Pradesh and, you know, so she told the patient, like she wanted to tell the patient, go and have a bath now, you don't need to be sponged anymore. And she told the patient, bathroom mein baat karo. So the, the patient was livid and he's saying, you know, with the, with, with the diaspora of uh, languages that we are faced up with, and, you know, plus the complexities of healthcare that all of us face, you know, in, in the US and in, in Europe, it's in the Gulf also, it's very easy to get our doctors to prescribe uh, medications which are generic and, you know, things like that. So those are the things where we still lag that adds to the complexities of healthcare. And I think to that end, we have come up a long way in the last two decades. And I'm sure Raman, that we will, we've already come up neck to neck with organizations which have been there 70 years in the reckoning in terms of accreditation and patient safety. So I think a couple of 10 years more, and I think we should be absolutely neck to neck with them. We still have a little way to go. Yeah, you know, Dr. Parag, I mean, Anshuman just, just asked you about last year and last year and these two years have been, you know, 2020. I don't know, we, we thought that was the year and now it became 2021, hoping that, you know, it would, it, that this would be, well, the last time we look at things with such uh, fear, you know, I hope all of that goes away. It's been such a telling year and we've seen the medical profession, you know, uh, respond. They were, of course, doing their job, but for, for the common man to see bravely you know, the medical profession go in and, and so the word and, you know, all kinds of terms. In fact, our prime minister, not once but twice, had gestures, you know, that why don't you, you know, you know, the light, light a lamp or something like that you know, for our COVID warriors. So it came to that. I just want to say, you know, I just want to, I made a, an observation, especially one of my niece's child and a small little fellow. And normally, you know, when you ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they give you all these fancy answers. Like, I want to be a, a ninja or something like that. And, and, and I was surprised when he said, I want to be a So I asked him why. Now, this is a, a four-year-old kid talking and I asked him why. And he said, this virus, only the doctors are fighting. You know, And then that was telling you, yeah, I got goosebumps. In fact, I'm getting goosebumps even now. So I just, I just want to ask you this question, you know, for... Now this is going to be finally, you know, medical profession is gaining this, uh, uh, it's a wrong word to use, but glamour, can I use that term? You know, very oh. different in a different way, not in a, not in a wrong sense and sure. getting its due in, in that sense. So people are going to be getting into this profession. I can see that and hope the trends continue. We do need doctors, but what would be your words of advice to someone who, you know, wants to make healthcare quality? as a profession. Healthcare, of course, you know, they have their reasons now, so you don't have to work hard at that. <laughs> They're going to be, but healthcare quality. So what, what would be your, you know, the initiation, would it be the way you did it or would you, would you do things a little differently and help others? Yeah. So one thing that, that needs to happen in our country is that healthcare quality needs to come in as a subject at MBBS as well as at BSc nursing level, BS, I mean, physiotherapy and so on and so forth. So that everybody has at least a little grain of healthcare quality or uh, quality management or reporting in them. Reason being that at the end of the day, the, the position of healthcare qualitist is a very uh, lone child kind of a position. 
it, it requires constant motivation and uh, therefore it's important that everybody else also gets a little DNA rubbed off onto them. That notwithstanding, two important requirements are something that I would definitely insist that people work on. Uh, one is ingrained, the other one can be worked on and can be definitely uh, learned. I think very important, many people just deep dive into healthcare quality on passing their uh, master's in healthcare administration or their MBBS degrees and so on and so forth. I don't think you can really improve things or work on things without knowing how the process works. Imagine if you were that you go and try to work on on a steel plant on reducing COPQ and uh, improving the product without understanding, you know, what are the issues associated with temperatures and alloys and metals and dyes and casts. Doesn't work. I think first and most important, people need to get domain knowledge. People need to understand how processes work, how how that process is the, you know, unit, as I always say, you know, when we talk medicine, for us, the unit of the heart is a cardiomyocyte, it's a heart cell, the unit of the kidney is a nephron, which is the kidney cell. And therefore, one must understand that for quality, it is process, till you don't understand healthcare processes, specific to that hospital, probably, till you don't understand the overall architecture of how people in healthcare function, I don't think you should just say, I'm going to become a healthcare quality department ka so-and-so, EGM, DGM, jo bhi ho. Very important that you understand healthcare quality. Therefore, you understand first healthcare and you understand quality. Then you try to manage. We were lucky to have somebody who welded these two together. They made us understand the process first. Uske baad hum jaake healthcare quality monitor karne lage. If we're improved, that is one very, very essential tenet of anybody aspiring to become a healthcare quality, understanding each and every process. Understanding that in CSSG, how things get cleansed before they get packed, before being ticked off against the checklist. What are the uh, indicators that are to be used? Understanding what are the correct processes that a nurse should follow? Understand what are the, you know, medical legal laws and regulations affecting a hospital. Understanding what is a fire hazard, understanding, you know, hazardous material. You need to really understand everything. Then you try and improve the process. And I think the second thing can be probably uh, worded out in multiple words. Tenacity, perseverance, passion, diligence. In Bambaya, we also call it Kida. You really need to have a little bit of, you know, the getting it as my other mentor, Dr. John Helfrich from Harvard Medical International used to say, you and the Vokha team always gets it. You need to get it. If you don't understand what is the healthcare process, you're not going to be able to improve it. Because, you know, any quality, any qualitist who's going to work in healthcare, like any other uh, domain, is going to be up against change management, is going to be up against knowledge management uh, issues. There are going to be constraints of financial things happening. So that these are the two things. And I think it's important to spend a few years in healthcare before you decide to become a qualitist. Qualitist is, is, a, is, a, is a thankless job in many ways. Yeah. But you can really, really get a lot of things done because you are improving so many things together. So to that end, I would say passion and healthcare knowledge. These are the two things that should drive anybody as they take up healthcare qualities as a thing. What would I have done uh, differently? I guess I should have met Mr. Lula about a decade earlier uh, and uh, probably started working with all of you all and probably have done a two-year sabbatical in, in industry so that I could have learned things that currently today I'm still grasping at and trying to learn.
that's the other thing healthcare quality is or any quality journey it's it's an endless journey there is no destination your destination is in small milestones you keep gathering you know many people today just put up a qualification of i became lean six sigma black belt my question <laughs> to them always my question to them always is projects kitna kiya roi dikhao you know these are the things which we need to understand that at the end of the day a healthcare qualitist is one who's done projects who's improved healthcare who's improved processes and at the end of the day made patients lives win if your patient is not benefiting you are not a healthcare qualitist oh, thank you so much i mean when you when you, when you said uh, that your mentor at harvard medical said that you know you people at work hard get it it was reminding me of my one of my school teachers who used to teach us uh, the subject of hindi and he often said this about poetry you know kavita he said it cannot be taught it should be caught it you know it has to be yes. caught you catch it or you don't so wow that, that that was that was telling and of course you ended with you know two of the things that mr suresh lula has drilled i think into our head the customer i mean you know he he's so deliberate in his speech it's it's, it's wonderful to hear him say the same thing you you can hear him speak endlessly but he says the customer is more important and most important and he says we are selling them process capabilities <laughs> these are two things that are ingrained and they're flowing in our blood so right thank you so much for these answers i hand it over to anshuman anshuman yeah i think well while you were talking about this doctor i i got reminded of a fantastic book which i may recommend and you will know you know world renowned uh, doctor in this field he's written a book called checklist the checklist manifesto, manifesto. yes and even though from a medical professional point of view he started off the book from a medical point of view but the book is full of every other profession other than medical and i yes. still believe the checklist is the most important management tool that anybody can use in any profession you have a bad day make a list of things to do get going the day turns out to be and in a hospital any day can be bad you know because of just the context anshuman i'll just butt in there with a little bit of uh, with a little bit of learning that we've had over the last 60 70 odd assessments and probably training over uh, maybe 500 people in healthcare quality with nabh one of the things that we've also found is that while the checklist is something that is that is a positive tool should be used well we've often found you know a lot of fabrication happening on checklists so i think it's it's a like any tool it's a double edged sword the the as as my colleague dr clive fernandez says it's very important to validate the process to see that it's actually happening you know he's he's a big proponent of validation of of data of validation of whatever tools you're using so i think it's a double edged sword so while i do believe in checklists the moment i see a dirty toilet at 11 or 2 am where the checklist just says it's been clean at 11 am i'm a little circumspect so i think it's it's important uh, to constantly remind yourself that uh, not everybody is as honest as you think they are and constantly work at validation jointly with uh, that struggle is totally real integrity is a struggle that all of us have to deal there is one more question which i think you have partially answered but i'll still bring it up dr will be introducing concept of quality care curriculum in medical paramedical education i think you answered that already so would that help in imbibing i think this is yeah, answered yeah. 
I think Amish as an ex-Vokhardian will also uh, vouch for the fact that healthcare quality. So the other thing, while we wait for the government to move on the curriculum part, what, what most corporate hospitals have done is everybody's trained people through NADH. And I think it, it puts a lot of focus. So uh, right from Dr. Gyani being there as the Secretary General, there is an initiative lying with the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare to include this in, a, in the curriculum in the second year. So hopefully, I think my colleague uh, from Amrita, Dr. Singh, has been working on that jointly with, with the government. And uh, we should be able to get through some of that soon. Sure. Quite a few other comments. Again, thank you very much for your comments. I'll bring in Dr. Nisha Nair. Again, congratulating you on journey. Interesting question from Shrutin Shetty. I'll bring it up. How does the future of Indian healthcare becoming more accessible and affordable? Will it continue to be a public plus private mix or would it would a stronger public health care model be needed? Quite loaded, but a brief answer if you can. Shrutin, hi, and thank you very much for that very, very important question. My personal views, this has nothing to do with the company I work for. I personally think that healthcare will become more accessible, especially with digitization. Affordable, yes, provided the, the, the industry is treated like an industry and gets the SOPs that most other industries get, like cheaper electricity and so on and so forth. I think CII and other organizations are fighting for that. It will always remain a public-private kind of a thing. I don't think that we will ever have a standalone uh, government kind of an entity. A stronger public health care model is needed, and we have seen it evolving in the last two decades. Uh, believe you me, if you've been to a private uh, hospital and you've been to a primary health care center, things have improved tremendously. Government hospitals today look just as clean, just as nice as private hospitals. There is a there is a yojana going on with the government of India called the Kaya Kalp, which is really bringing private uh, public hospitals to much, much better levels. And believe you me, when I tell you that public healthcare doctors and nurses are at par with anybody anywhere in the world. So to that end, yes, it's needed. And I think we're already moving to that direction. I think sometimes uh, as Indians, we tend to poo-poo everything. But I think We've really made great strides in the last couple of decades in Indian health. Balaji, and on behalf of Kimpro uh, Foundation and Mr. Lula and, uh, and the team, and both Balaji and I, I, we would like to thank. This has been a different show for us. We had to prepare a little bit because, you know, a visit to the doctor is not always pleasant. But Well, well thank you very much. And I'd like just take, to take a, a, a half sure. a minute to just thank Mr. Suresh Lula, Ajigisha, who's kind of uh, been the pioneering spirit behind uh, Kempro Foundation, as well as all the Qualtech Awards that we've had the privilege of working with. And of course, Sanchuman and Balaji, thank you very much for such a warm and a very result-oriented discussion. I think we managed to clear up some things for people, and I hope that we've been able to do something to change the perception of the healthcare quality as well. Do well, and I'm sure we should be seeing and taking healthcare quality to the next level. Thank you. And I hope we do meet again in person. Yes. For the Qualtech Award. Thank you. Thank you.